0: really great to see you. Likewise. Thank you for doing this. Um, you've been keeping up with everything you've been doing the last you know five, six years. When did you move to New York City? I moved in 2013. So about eight years you've been Eight here. years, yeah. You just were going back and forth to Chicago for things, family, yeah. music. Yeah. Do you mean in that time? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, also had like a little stint there where pre-tour, six months off, not going to renew my apartment out here, happened to get called to produce for the Empire TV show, which shoots in Chicago. So then I was, I was, it was a nice situation of being back at your parents' house, but for a good job too, so. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's um, cool.
0: I want to, I want to get to all this i have been doing right now, but I want to kind of start more at the beginning. Yeah. hundred percent. Of your life. You're, you're from the area I'm from, like which city in particular? Palos Hills. Palos Hills. And you went to Stagg High School. I did. And knew a bunch of people i know from that that world and when did you first start playing music specifically bass when did that start happening for you um bass was not the first bass wasn't the first okay born
1: in a music family grandfather starts a gospel choir which is called the wooten Coral ensemble still around today
0: really yep what year did he start that
1: 1949
0: are you serious yeah and I, still I around I'm like
1: 100 percent on that date yes Forty nine. That's amazing. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, and so still around. So, um, yeah, they just celebrated another anniversary digitally. My my dad, he now music directs it, and he did a great digital presentation. Mm. Um, but so for me, I was, I was born and uh, grandfather still directing at that time. I lived in Jersey, but we moved to sh- back to Chicago when I was six years old. I think. Okay. Uh, or to Pales Hills, uh, six years old, so that my dad could do, could take over the choir as director, and um, and so, uh, for me, it was like once I became a certain age. I mean, I was just always like just play with at first like keyboard, very low volume, until I got better. But it was kind of just jamming at church every Sunday, mm. and um, and I would switch off instruments. It wasn't until I was with some friends in my basement that we started to love Blink One Eighty Two and one of them could play guitar, the other could play drums. And I was like, all right, yeah, yeah, I'll play the bass. And so that is what kind of started me picking up the bass guitar after that. And I think Mm. um, the difference, like piano, I would learn from my dad. My grandfather actually gave me lessons. Then I I had a different teacher later through high school. Um, But bass, guitar, no one taught me at all. And I think Mm. maybe that was part of the reason why I was like super, like I just went like, dove the deepest went way into it yeah yeah, yeah. i mean it was like
0: how old were you again when you first started playing bass fourth
1: grade or fifth grade something like that
0: 11
1: yeah i guess so yeah 11. whatever that age is yeah. yeah around then um and it was like a quick blink 182 into like some flea bass playing and red hot chili peppers into all things motown and then and then my dad happened he's a fantastic keyboardist producer, and he he went on tour with marcus miller and so uh, I was bass legend and so that then was like I think Marcus was like hero too, so just wanted to sound like that and that was like far like virtuoso mm. level too so it was like it was all those things and um uh I loved it all so I just enjoyed that was just me having fun all mm. the time um uh, but bass like there was no lessons at all until I got to college it was it was just me playing with myself really
0: wow so did you take any um like jazz ensemble or anything in high school did you do any music in high school
1: yeah yeah i did jazz band and all that i did piano one of the years my senior year i think or junior okay. were you it's playing bass year. the
0: other years yeah okay yeah yeah so you had a lot of that practice and and working with that Did you didn't take lessons outside of that though
1: Uh, Not until college. Not until college. Yeah. So and that's when I learned the upright bass. Oh,
0: so you didn't start upright until college. Yeah. Okay. I I didn't know that. I didn't know if you started earlier or not. Why Why did you go to upright bass? Like, what made you want to do that?
1: Um. I think when when I was going to college, it was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna be a musician. I always so my dad producer. I was always producing, uh, even in high school, and just like making things. And I think I always knew I wanted to be producer, but I think at the time I just looked at it as like, oh, but like musician. So you pick your instrument and boom. And so it was bass and, and upright. I'd taken a, a few lessons on It's not that I never like loved it. I just didn't, there wasn't, I don't know, there wasn't like a, a need for me to play it, I guess at that time. Mm-hmm. But it was, uh, uh, I was looking forward to it. I mean, I, I specifically went to study with Jeremy Allen at Indiana University because he was Electric bass player first, then learned upright later in life too. So, like, his first mm. first lesson, I remember the first thing he said, he's like, What you know is a, what you know how to play is a guitar. What you're about to learn is a cello and to just like separate those two things. And then, um, yeah, freshman year it was just
0: like. It's a world of difference. Oh,
1: uh, 100%. I mean, like, everything's different, but like, uh, but not like having groove and things like that. And I just love, I mean, another thing, I didn't touch on this earlier, but I think as a bass player for me, I like, I don't need to be playing the melody or whatever. I like supporting and I like playing in between rhythm uh, with a drummer and wherever the lead person is and picking my spots within that. I I enjoyed being like that relationship uh, in a musical setting or that role, but having those various relationships when I'm playing with instrumentalists or singers or
0: whatever. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so you went to Indiana university yeah, and then in Bloomington. Okay. That's a really good music school. I know yeah. a lot of people have went there, and you graduated there in went 2011, mm-hmm. right? I don't know why I knew that. <laughs> well, you graduated stag in 2007, so it's probably where, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, and after that, so you've been playing piano on and off your whole life. Mm-hmm. When did you first start the, that piano? I mean, piano is just like, born with it. Oh yeah, yeah. And born. musical family. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anybody else musical in your family besides your dad and your grandfather?
1: Oh yeah, like I mean, everyone has like that within them. What even if they're, um, bossing in the financial world or a doctor, veterinarian. That's shouts to my brother and sister. But they were both uh, music all through high school. I think still play. My sister still sings in the choir. Um, she's still in Chicago. And um, uh, aunts, uncles. It that was just like that side of my family is just that everybody. Yeah, it's my my grandfather was a very big like. Pillar in Chicago gospel music, yeah, and so that was just like, you know, that's really cool, influential for for like everyone.
0: Are there uh, vinyl recordings of anything? Yeah, you did? I would yeah. love to hear them. Oh yeah, I, send me send me ways I can buy them. I'd love to. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah have will those. Do. Thank you. Um, so you get out of college ten years ago, and and then what? What do you start doing? With you have a degree in music, you learn upright bass. Anything else did you learn in college, like music wise, like instrument wise?
1: Um, I you, mean. I mean, I really, you know, like every, it was just music growth. It was like being around like-minded people and just, uh, all my friends, I learned this the most from my friends, the the music that they were listening to, us checking out. I had two groups that I really loved, still do. Um, one of them, we just came out with like an album. We hadn't been together for like, I guess, 10 years, as you said. (laughs) Um, and we just got together and did another album together called Snarge. Nice. Um, and had another project. And so it was like, for me, it was a very, it was like all the things that go along with being a musician. Then you're even doing like the management side and the business side. And I, I, I did get a, I got a business degree too, but I think I have just like a natural oh, okay. inkling to do that kind of work too. But so, um, uh, kind of like learned everything. It was like a little mini course towards what, how you know, life would later be mm-hmm. career wise. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So what started
1: happening after college for you musically? First, moved back to my parents' basement, which I, (laughs) (laughs) well, I would say in my bedroom, but I had, like, a a music studio room. Uh, And so those two years, I I look at them now as, like, grad school for me. The same way, undergrad, bass performance, right? That's my degree. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: The next, like, those two years when I was home, it was, like, I did over 400 songs, like, each year. I was very, like... It was just like about the art of like studio Mm -hmm. and working in Dawes and and all that. And so, I mean, I was just like, for me, um, I was very, my goal was to go to New York or LA. And I knew that, that was for sure. And so I was kind of like very much a no days off when you're at your parents' crib. It's so comfortable and it's great. And I I gained a lot of weight because they fed me a lot. But like, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, I remember I remember days uh, I would, like, just sleep on the couch because I'd be like, you didn't work well. You're, like, good enough today or whatever. And so mm-hmm. it was like, you got to get right back to it. Don't get comfortable. This is not your lost space mm-hmm. in Brooklyn um, <laughs> sort of mentality. But, like, those, I look at that two years, it was, like, grad school in, like, production. Uh, and it was all I did. Uh, and what ended up happening towards the end of me being there, because I did get, I started to work with some artists and, and whatever, and then kind of led to... Um, uh, I got this job where, gig I guess where I was just doing, uh, the, what is it called? It was like music for a sports agency, basically. Huh. And there was all these minor league baseball players and boxers, and I would do. They would send me like, we like this song, this song, this song. And sometimes it'd be like various genres, or whatever. But it was like I was making theme songs for each. So like a, a minor league baseball player would walk out to go bat. And they were signed to this agency and they would have like a custom song, mm-hmm. a beat or whatever that I had made for them. And same with these boxers. And so like, it, but it paid well. And so that was, it was consistent enough that it was like, save up, come to New York. And that was kind of also, uh, I mean, also great. Like my cousin, he had gotten a spot and he was like, yeah, it's like, you know, take this room, blah, blah, blah. So it was like, boom. So um, enough to like situate me to get my start out here. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So that's in 2013 you come out here.
1: 2013. I do well the sports agency that gig runs dry like a few months into me being here, I think. And then it was in the beginning first year, it was like I would do these random DJ gigs at these like uh it was like this this musician he had to just set up between like 13 bars and like basically I think he would get like a bunch of musicians to just DJ at these spots and so I would rotate between the bars, and I think I, I think like my main thing ended up being like every Wednesday night and every Saturday night I was doing that. Mm-hmm. Then I get into some teaching. Yeah, I mean, Where were
0: you teaching and where?
1: So then I, I um towards the end of the year, also during that year, it was like I got, uh, another sh- a Chicago native, um Matt Rivera who goes by Mood by Mateo now, but he signed a record deal and was like, yo, he was living in L.A. this time. He's like, send me some music. So I sent him some beats, and he was like, this is exactly what I want. So he ends up, like, his label's in New York. He moves to New York, and so, like, I was working on his project that that also threw out kind of that entire time, in addition to, like, pitching and stuff. But um, uh, I start to teach. He taught at this school uh, called Fusion Academy, and so they were opening up a new campus in Lincoln Center, and they needed a music teacher. So I was... I was like, yeah, and so I was doing that like twice a week towards that end of that first year, and then that would be also the time I did my first Broadway show. And how did you get into the Broadway shows? Um, so Jojo Bear, so my dad, when he when we, he was musician in New York, and he had done some Broadway work, and then Jojo Bear, this is like an incredible musician as well, music director. He was music directing the uh, Motown musical. Oh, wow. So he just invites me there to just to just hang in the pit and watch a show. And he was like, I want you to meet the bass player. So now Luico Hopper, who's like legend, bass player, period, but then also has like did Lion King. He's just like, oh, wow. yeah, like legend within Broadway too. And so he, we're just kicking it, we're just talking, and then like, Like dabble, like just messaging back and forth and whatever, and like maybe like two months after I meet him, he was like, "Hey, I could actually use another sub here. Would you be interested?" And that was like, it was just that for me. I mean, then, uh, I there's people that hustle for Broadway gigs and and for good reasons and stuff, and so but I was just like not, I didn't know I was gonna go through that door at all, and um, so when I did my first show, it was like. They give you, you never rehearse with the company or anything. So when it's like, my first show was a Friday night on Broadway, it's just like, boom, I'm meeting every musician I'm playing with. I'm meeting the director. It's just all that. And it's like, just do it. And they I, just
0: throw you into it.
1: They just throw you in. But like, they give you materials. I don't know how they did this back in the day. I think <laughs> about that. Cause what I had was the sheet music, then a conductor cam, which was the feed of like literally the conductor through the whole show. Mm-hmm. And then. An audio recording too of like the bass probably louder in the mix, and um, so I was I just like shed practicing those those and my experience of like playing the musicals at high school. I remember uh, they would call it Hell Week, which would be like the week before the Friday show, and uh, we would be in school like after when school ended, we would rehearse until like ten p.m. every single night, and oh, so wow. I just did that like leading. Uh, that week before the first show, it was like, I would just run the show twice by myself mm-hmm. and he notes, what did I make a mistake? Boom. He was like, I went in there and I had every intention of like not making any mistake. And, um, uh, so that, that kind of like experience helped. I remember he called me, Luico did like a few days before he was like, Hey man, do you want to come in and watch again? Cause this is like a really big deal. And me not hustling the Broadway world now that I've, I've done my own show and stuff, uh, like the subs can come in anytime they want to just watch it live. But I didn't like do that. So for him, he's just like, I hope he's like really practicing and stuff mm-hmm. and taking it seriously. And so I was like, yeah, I'll definitely come in again. And, you know, just did that like a few days before. But um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I basically, I was so nervous. It's the nervous I've ever, most nervous I've ever been for a gig. Maybe, maybe sometimes when I'm playing with some people that are like very high level, then I could have that sort of anxiety. But this was just like, didn't know anyone. You know, you got to play a certain way. And it took me until like the second... Act, I remember where it was like I I did like a little like fill or something like non like whatever that the original bass would play. And uh, and I remember the drum being like, Yeah, Bobby, and then and then I was <laughs> like, All right, I was like, Breathe, like you're here, All right, okay, you're doing it, you're like, yeah. Fine. Um, and yeah, I mean, so then that went that went well, and then you know, then Broadway things started to happen fairly quickly. I guess. How many Broadway
0: shows did you end up doing?
1: When well, I ended up, um, so after. After I was there and like, all right, I'm doing this show and they've called me back and I'm desi- just like a designated sub thing. And uh, so I went into to Luico and I was like, hey, like, I would love to sub on some other shows if you know some other bass players that you can introduce me to. And again, he's like Broadway guru. So he, uh, he puts me in touch with Tom Barney at Lion King. He puts me in touch with a few others, uh, Conrad uh, Adderley at, uh, at Wicked and I can't remember what other show, but the other show said no to me. But like uh, those two, it was like back-to-back days. So I hit them up and was like, yeah, we blah, blah, blah. And uh, I think I go to like Wicked on a Saturday and Lion King on a Sunday and not expecting anything really, but they were like, all right, here's the music, learn it. And like back-to-back days. So then after that, I'm like learning both of those shows at the same time.
0: Oh my God, and, um, that must have been really hard.
1: <laughs> it was just like, all right, yeah, I'm doing this. I, I, you know, I wanted to do it. it was, It yeah. was cool, it was yeah. cool, it was cool for sure um and appreciative of the opportunity because uh, yeah. then after that it was like i i also played color purple and at that time um now like i know i know like broadway musicians i guess like a good amount like then associate director of motown was the music director of color purple and we would go on to do like a bunch of work outside of broadway together too and uh and so then I'm like, it's like a more comfortable, it's like, oh yeah, maybe like you're like one, one and a half of playing with a, like a bunch of Broadway musicians and stuff. And uh, so Color Purple, but then just to say then, it's like I meet a coordinator who kind of really comes um, uh, through the guitarist of Motown. He kind of really took me under his wing too. And this dude, he played with Mamas and the Papas, all this stuff, and, uh, and he was like, first two-show day I did, he was like, what you doing in between? I was like, I was just going to get food. He's like, all right, you're coming with me. And then after that, it was like, every time I was there for a two-show day, it was like me and him hanging out. Oh, it's cool. And so he introduced me to this coordinator that has really like put me in a, in a bunch of great things, which would lead to like me having my own show at Moulin Rouge. But then, um yeah, like he also with, uh when David Byrne wrote a musical, which is how I met David. So uh, that, and that was Michael Aarons. And so at any rate, so like, just the broadway thing like the, the the scene I guess the circle started to get like smaller and smaller, and then it was mm-hmm. just like I was just meeting the right people because it did happen like uh fairly quickly i i guess for for me to get like a chair and stuff
0: that's awesome, I mean, that just goes to show like your preparation, mad opportunity yeah. go getter mentality skill, it all comes together,
1: yeah, see what you want and and like um yeah, I mean I just when I was preparing for those shows I'm like I just wanted to sound like whoever the chair was you know yeah. it wasn't it was like no no like ego or anything like that It was like I'm just gonna play this exactly as Tom Barney plays
0: over here and mm-hmm. blah 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 mm-hmm. yeah. so you're like in your mid-20s when that stuff's happening
1: yeah I guess I uh 25 when I did Motown wow yeah uh and that all happened yeah between like 25 to 27
0: wow so you did a ton a ton of Broadway shows in that time
1: I, well, I did like three. I was just I was at those okay. a lot. Yeah, I mean, I just say that because I mean now I know there's like some people that they 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 end up like playing around like 13 different shows oh, and stuff. Okay. Yeah, it's it's wild. Um, it's great. I just I haven't done it like that.
0: Yeah, well, you did it more than most. <laughs> and that's so you you're doing that. And you said David Byrne wrote one. Yeah. And that's how you met him. That's how. You yeah. Met so he does
1: him. a show called Joan of Arc mm-hmm. uh, and it was at the public there and this must have been when I was 27. Okay. Um, and so yeah, that was, that was great. It was like, uh, I remember the first day he was like, oh, let me just tell you some influences and inspirations for some of this. And he, and he like of, of, of like naming just like art that he had looked at as inspiring. It was like also like to give you a music idea. He's, he mentioned like FK Twigs, I think, and Radiohead. And so it was like, it was cool. And I was there, electric bass, and I would I would always try to like, whenever I would see him, you know, like really like get a good conversation going. Mm-hmm. But it was hard. It was hard. I'm sure. It was very like, they were like, always then it was like brief. And then it was like, a, uh, the show was like running. Like in the beginning, he was there. And then when was when it was up, he would like poke his head. He would come by every now and then. Same with like the rest of like the director and stuff. And um, he <laughs> one time pulls me aside after it's like running. He's like, hey, I hear what you're adding. I like what's going on. And I was like, all right, Pat, that's good. <laughs> so thanks,
0: man. And, um, well, what made him have you be in his show to begin with?
1: I think partly that. I mean, I think that uh, he loved my playing. That, so that he would kind of like say, like, for instance, that, that remark I just made. And then at the very, the very last show, he pulled me aside and he was like, I got something uh I got something coming up. I'm going to call you. And I was like, "Bet." I'm like, "Damn." <laughs> like, <laughs> I knew he was I knew he was working on an album cuz he had told me that. So, I didn't know if maybe he was going to be in the studio It ends up being for his American Utopia tour. And uh he had like uh, I had to still audition as a singer cuz I sing a lot in that. And so, he hadn't heard me sing. So, I had to I had to do that. But um I mean, I've never asked him like, why'd you choose me? But I mean, we had he definitely like we worked together, and he, and he liked me from that. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: Wow, that's amazing. So yeah. that just started a whole other world for you.
1: Whole other world. <laughs> I mean, because now, then it was like then tour, and like now you know, super close friends. So yeah. Um. Then it was after living with each other and stuff.
0: For you me. You ended up living with them. I mean,
1: like when you're on the tour bus. So. Oh yeah, 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 yeah right, yeah. right.
0: Well, um, I have a question for you. Were Were you a were you originally like a Talking Heads fan, or did you, you knew them? Were, yeah. were you like really into them before? Yeah, now like a die hard, right?
1: But I mean, my experience. So like one of my best friends, through that I don't meet until like college.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He puts it on. He puts on "Stop Making Sense" for me, mm-hmm. and uh, and I just remember like, I uh, <laughs> it was it must it was um, uh, once in a lifetime, and so David's move where he's like that, and I remember the guitarist coming up to him and just like doing like david's doing this dance and the guitarist is doing like this this head nod that i would never naturally do but i remember making a comment i'm like damn i mean but if i was if i was performing with him i guess you know that's what that's how i'm dancing for sure Mm -hmm. and so it is crazy now to be um i was always a comfortable mover on stage i think but like my moves and then now like when i'm with him it's like a whole other whole other energy Mm -hmm. and stuff and it's very like infectious too um so yeah that was like that wasn't until college, like even the, I mean, I had heard songs and stuff, yeah. but like watched out making sense. And then I, then I started like checking out records, but even, even that it was like David Byrne, he was this figure. And I knew that, I mean, even when I got asked to do the show, I was like, okay, I know who he is, but it wasn't, um, no, the deep dive probably didn't happen until like I started to work with him before the Joan of Arc
0: musical. Mm. So
1: I'm like 26 or whatever, when I really started to yeah. like check everything out.
0: That must've been a very interesting, like surreal experience to just have always heard of somebody cause you're a musician, you're a music lover, but then to work with them through, you know, Broadway theater. And then all of a sudden you're touring with them around the world. Yeah. Like that's, that's pretty wild. Yeah. That's amazing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it is. It <laughs> is. I mean, especially in that show too, it's like, um, David, I feel very lucky, uh, there's, there's like rare artists that really think about not just the music, but the design, the, the way it's like released the you know, the packaging, like every element, the, the stage design, everything. Mm-hmm. So he's one of those. So like I got to first off, luckily it was a part of the one where it was like the iterations. I don't know if you've seen American utopia or mm-hmm. not, but okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, um, you know, um, for just twelve wireless musicians, and that was like, the tour before, when he was with Saint Vincent. Mm-hmm. Horns they could be wireless, and and love was, this giant, right? Yeah, okay. yeah, this giant. Yep. And um, so when they did the live show, the horns could be mobile, obviously, and then and they had dancers that were also mobile, and so for for them it was like she brings in the choreo- choreographer Annie B, who we also we also work with on this, and um. And so they can move around. And so then this one was kind of like, with American Utopia, it was like, can I get everyone wireless? And so then it's like, you know, now it's like the six drummers. Because right? <laughs> when he told me that over the phone, he was like, oh, it's going to be six I, I was like, not that I was ever going to say no, but I was a little worried for mm-hmm. sure. As a bass player, you know, it's like. That's hard to do. Yeah, I mean, it's already like the drummer, your relationship's got to be great, which I'm not that I have like many bad relationships with drummers, but it can, you know. It's like, yeah, that's just that that Tussle I was like six, whoa, but uh, but they're all like an incredible musician, so um but uh, I feel lucky that it's like the one that it's like his concept that have kind of been like building up over years came into fruition, and then that's the one where I started with mm-hmm.
0: him on, mm-hmm. and you you toured all over the world with him, ten months, like forty something countries, wow, yeah, and have you? gone to other countries before this have you have you left america before this
1: yeah yeah i've traveled but like i mean not is, like this no <laughs> <laughs> no like that uh whatever my country count was yeah. uh there is many
0: i mean 47 is more than most people ever yeah 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 and So, so uh, all over exactly. europe i'm assuming yeah all south over america europe,
1: south america
0: what's what's the most obscure place you went to obscure in what way Just some place you like never thought you'd ever go to. You're just like, why would I ever go there? How would how would I ever go there? How would I ever go there? I
1: don't know. That's such a. I mean, I guess there's like smaller areas that like that I went to. Brazil, I don't even know if they're like smaller, but like Belo Horizonte, was that like somewhere I ever had like on my thing? I would not be opposed, yeah, right? But like, we, and we did a great bike ride there. These people took us out. It was awesome. But um, no, on my like list of things like that, it would, it would, I would have to just name like s- smaller things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But- um,
0: Did you go to Asia?
1: Yeah. Only to Hong Kong though. Still. I mean, yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. Of course. Wow. And it was- um, I, I wish we had stayed there a little longer. Mm-hmm. It was like it was that we did this great festival, and then we went to uh,
0: New Zealand after that. Wow, that's cool. That's a that's a lot of traveling. Yeah, I mean, we, you were gone we, for we, ten months. Huh?
1: Ten months. We had twice. We had one week off, and that wow. was like it. Fine for me. I was like the uh, and the youngest in in the band, and like no no kids. And uh, yeah. <laughs> I think it was more more for some of the the married ones, and just. That's hard. Oh yeah, that's and hard, really hard. hard, and hard for the partner that was at home. Oh my god! Yeah. The <laughs> yeah, they they were actually having a great time. Um, yeah, uh, but I mean, sure, missing the kids definitely. But um, yeah, so for me, it was like I was, I didn't even need the weeks off really. Yeah, you're you just know. like yes to everything. Yeah, I'm, oh, yeah, I'm 28.
0: Let's do it. I'm um, no kids. You no, want to do no it again right now? <laughs> yeah, I'm ready for <laughs> let's it. Let's keep doing it. Uh, yeah, that's so cool. So I'm sure that led to a bunch of other doors opening and opportunities. Just. By that experience, the skill, word of mouth connections, getting to know him better, getting to meet new people, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a definite like. Uh, certainly, I could tell you, like, yes, then then I was changed like this, and they'd be more <laughs> finite. Like now, I ride bikes, and that is real. <laughs> um, it's very real. It's uh, how you got here? Yeah, it's how I got here. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, from that bike, that bike went to all those countries that I just named. Really? Oh yeah, That's it was awesome. like. Um, First day of tour, uh, rehearsal and which was an insane process too, by the way, just the rehearsals. But so, um, uh, (laughs) tour manager comes up, all right guys, logistics. And then it's like, um, uh, whatever the day-to-day manager, he's like logistics. And then David Burns just like, okay guys, uh, bicycles, I'm going to get a new bike and, uh, they, they fold up and blah, blah, blah. And I think if we get a bunch, they'll give us like a really good deal. So who wants bicycles? And it was, like, half, at that time, it was, like, half the band goes up, but whatever. But, like, literally the first day, uh, first city we go to, I can't remember where we were, but um, he's, like, he sends it, emailed us to the band. he's, like, all right, so I'm going to bike through this, like, path. I'm going to get this museum. Then I'm going to go eat here. And then I'm going to go to Soundcheck. Who wants to join me? And it was like, yeah, everyone that had a bike, obviously. And so had, by the end, by, like, t- a month in, then everyone was, like, yo, I need a bike, too. Mm-hmm. But it was a very, like um, – that he's, he's nonstop exploration, wants to know how things work, uh, and like all that took away from him, devours news. I don't do it to his degree now, but there is like a, there is a much more, um, he did this project while we were on tour called reasons to be cheerful, which he still does now. And, uh, and it's, you know, he's got his own inspo for it, but it's very like, um, uh, the news is bad post-Trump. I'm going to show you, like, these things are happening, though, here, and this is actually good things that are happening for yeah. here. Is, like when you put a library into a neighborhood and crime goes down and, like, showing this kind yeah. of things, curating them like that.
0: I wish more news was like that. Yeah, I, I mean,
1: we could just talk about those things. Yeah. Um. But so, you know, so he, I watched him do that, and that was the first time I was like, oh, I could do more than be a musician. And for sure, that's, like, when I now, like, started to – history show which which i've watched it's really great thank you i thank like you. it.
0: it's thank you for doing
1: that by oh, the way thank you man It's thank cool you. um but so for sure that's like that's an extension of that even if like you know i, th- I have other reasons for sure um without a doubt and probably more like those are my first but it, there's no there's no like oh i'm like oh there's a the light bulbs like i could i could have mm-hmm. you know more of a presence than just a musician Yeah. and and i like he you know he does so many so there's like a lot of um uh, it's yeah, he's he was he's very uh inspiring and you know motivating to me. And sounds so,
0: like an excellent person to work for,
1: yeah. He's a good guy, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's a good guy.
0: That's cool. Um, good for you. I'm glad that you got that,
1: yeah, That's yeah. So- I mean, because then it'd be you know the fortunate to be on his bus, I think there was like they would split it, it was like the singer's bus and the drummer's bus, and so there was six drummers on this one, and then the singer's on this one, and so you know, then it'd be like we would do a show. And uh, and we're on the bus, and then we're just like hanging out until whatever time we all go to sleep. So, so it's like whether the nights are just like just talking about whatever, watching ridiculous like funny things, uh, you know, uh, like movies together. It was just like now we're like living with each other in yeah. that capacity now. So then it just like, I mean, that'll luckily the vibes were great. It wasn't no bad roommates, so mm-hmm. you know the situation was was awesome. Yeah, that's
0: cool. Yeah, and you went on to play late night shows. Yeah. Everything. The yeah, whole yeah, the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty sweet. Well, what's that like playing on national television when you know like millions of people will see it in some capacity, whether it's and yeah, S&I is crazy. Yeah. SNL. I remember watching the SNL. Yeah. I was just like
1: That's a whole other energy. <laughs> yeah.
0: You know, like like I've done um
1: done I guess like performances where I'm like, oh, stoked about this one. And we've like done the songs before Mm -hmm. and like stoked about it, particularly when it's getting recorded, something like that, national TV. So like when, when I'm doing, I guess probably like later, like the first recording night night show we did with David was like Colbert, I think. Mm -hmm. And it was like, everything was kind of new. That was like tour. And it was like, okay, we're like working this out. I don't even know if we actually had played like a show yet, but it was just like, okay, we're going to do this like here. And and that was like, cool, that's all like new, taking it as it comes. Now, like fast forward like a year. I mean, when we were at doing the Broadway show, um, Jimmy Fallon, and I remember just now it's like a more I've done like this song, like so much. So we're adapting it for like this scene now. Mm-hmm. But I'm also just thinking things more like this is what I want. I want to make sure this happens in this moment. Or mm-hmm. I want to make sure like what I'm you know, the things that I'm in control of and stuff. But it's like, it's like more of a like a I've done it a lot, so I could think about higher. I could think about just for myself, my own performance, higher level thinking. I think SNL comes SNL. That's like a whole other. It's a whole other energy. First, you even go there like days before to like do the rehearse. They can get their shots and blah blah blah. And then, but then when like that happens, like it's live, live. Mm -hmm. Like Colbert, that's like recorded earlier Mm -hmm. than it's shown at night. This is like that's it. That's like a whole other. Not to mention like. Pre-show, I mean, like, there's just celebrities on celebrities there. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm seeing Larry David before I go out. Chris oh Rock. God. T- yeah, talking to them. Like, like Amy Schumer. It was just, like, all this. Um, and, like, a bunch of them had seen the show. So it was, like, conversations, you know, like, whatever. Who was and, the host that night? Uh, John Mulaney, who saw the show, like, nine times. Oh, my God. Yeah, so, like, um, yeah, John the <laughs> Dude. <laughs> That's so, wild. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure, like he's like the re- you know. He was like, I'm hosting, but David Byrne has to be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like he, that dude is he's awesome. Um, just love the show, and um, so at any rate, like, energy was crazy. The after party crazy. I think it's just the the live live like this is what it is. And you like, do you do like one show run run before, and that's like okay, and then it's like
0: boom, that's it. That's what makes it so prolific. That's hundred percent the hosts, the skits. The the acting the the, the performances of the musicians it's you know yeah it's Saturday Night Live yeah you know? I don't know
1: if I've done it <laughs> like that yeah live live
0: I yeah. don't know that's cool
1: yeah I mean there, there's there's comparable things though like Coachella and uh, I mean any any festival really certainly like
0: the ones you know whatever mm-hmm. that I would deem you know enormous. what's the biggest one you played in your eyes as far as just people attendance um now that you're aware of at least.
1: Lollapalooza in um, in Brazil was like I could not see where and and Coachella the second weekend I could not see where the heads ended.
0: So like three four hundred thousand people or something.
1: Oh well, no, I don't know <laughs>
0: <laughs> half a million. I think people. There's
1: half a million. I don't know. Think I have a million there, but I think there's like I think like eighty thousand or something, and that 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 could be like. 80,000 for the whole thing. So, how many was I looking at Like were, that were at our particular mm-hmm. thing? I don't know, but like,
0: enough. Could not, yeah, <laughs> could not see where it ended. That's so cool. Couldn't see that. Now, does um, that change when you play in front of 50 people or SNL or Coachella or La Blue's in Brazil? Does anything change for you as a musician, as a performer, based on the size? Or does it not matter at the point where you've been playing so much and you're so trained and you're so in tune that. Performing is performing, or does it actually change with you?
1: I mean, I love it. It gasses me up. Yeah. Um, not to say like a small crowd wouldn't do that either, but there's some, I like, I love, I love energy. I mean, I, I don't think any, I don't know, many, maybe some performers, but like unfazed by like what's going on, but no, I, I enjoy like the communication between me and them. Uh, I think there's like also an excitement that we would have, like when we're doing the Broadway show, it's like at this theater. Boom, you know, six nights. Boom. So then, when you change up the scenery, surely that's just like something new. Yeah. Um, it'd be like if you're dating in a long relationship and you guys go to the same restaurant every Friday night, but this time you want to go to this restaurant. <laughs> yeah. You're a little more excited. Yeah, you gotta yeah, be. Yeah. Um. So so like uh, yeah. I like I I love it. Like I'm the I'm the first one to be like, you know, gas me up. Like, you know, I, I love it. Mm-hmm. I lo- I feed off of that for sure and energy. And I think I think at least that band does too. But most most that I play with.
0: What, what has been your favorite show? Does anything stick out besides SNL? Does anything stick out? A show that you did anywhere in the world um, that just kind of really overwhelmed you, took you by surprise?
1: Uh, you know, I think about I, I, To answer that, it's not, it's more the people important in my life that were at certain uh, shows. Okay. Uh, my grandfather, who's like 90, when I do, I mean, now 92, but when I do Florida, He's, like, not only there, but, like, standing up the entire time. Um, that's beautiful. Wow. Um, my mom coming to Italy. My my dad and godfather in Chicago. My brother coming to Hong Kong. Um, oh, wow. That's awesome. There was, like, you know, those are all... At that point, you know, it's just you want to share experiences with the people you love. Mm-hmm. So I think those would be more my, my special ones. Every now and then, I guess, something kind of crazy happens in a show, <laughs> which... That's cool too. That's cool too. But not in the same kind of like
0: long-lasting way. Yeah. Give me an example. What do you mean by something crazy that happens?
1: Um, <laughs> I remember. Uh, <laughs> we get we're we're in Italy, and actually, my mom is at this show, so it kind of hits both. Then I guess, but mm-hmm. um, every every we play, it's like everyone's standing up, going crazy, right? And then and then every now and then, when I mean, this happens on Broadway, but. Uh, I think when we were on tour, if we were at like at a opera house, like that happened in like London, I think people generally, while they're there, they're like sitting down and like, that's what it is. And, um, and so they don't know that they can stand up and dance. Right. And so we're doing this one show and it's definitely in Italy. And, uh, cause my mom freaked out when David Burns like, stop the music, stop the music. And my mom's like, what, what's wrong with my son? Something happened to my son, whatever like that. But like, he's like, sir, sir. And going to Usher, let the people dance because this dude was like telling them they can't like to yeah. sit down. And so the second that that happens is just like, again, they're like at the setting where it's like, yeah, I got to be proper. I got my hands closed. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. But like looking around, though, the energy is always, especially on Broadway too, it's like, it's like, can I dance? Like, is that, we're supposed to sing along, right? Like mm-hmm. we're supposed to do those things, right? I get I'm in a Broadway theater, but we're supposed to do that. And, um. And so like the second he did that it's like eruption happens and like everyone is like now in the aisles dancing and, and in whatever, an like, opera that.
0: house in Italy. <laughs> yeah. yeah that was dancing. like that was
1: definitely this like whatever the venue was that was an opera house but like it was a very classical theater yeah. like type thing. And mm-hmm. so um, that would happen every now and then and then you get on and on Broadway and then, like I would speak to Melanie about it and stuff where it's just like when there's people in the front rows that will just dance like, oh, I don't care. I'm standing up and dancing. Then everyone's like, oh, it's okay to do that. And so mm-hmm. then the rest of the shows, it's like, oh, they're up on their feet. Which yeah. was, That was definitely an energy I missed in the translation of going from tour to Broadway. It was like that you're sitting down while we're playing rather than like standing up the entire time.
0: Yeah, that, yeah. that's one of my biggest pet peeves about a theater show. When I see like a band's come to Chicago theater, I'm just like, I want to like move. Yeah, you want to like, get loose. It's a show. You want to get loose, exactly, Why, exactly. Like, it's a great... It's sounding and beautiful theater but when you're trying to like move and yeah. groove like you want to be in a venue where you have that 100 percent. yeah that do you find yourself playing those a lot theaters where people can't they physically can't because the chairs are stationary
1: um, you know i mean every now and then it happened on tour but but the broadway show was like that's what it was yeah. right and so like i mean that was then i mean i guess for me in, in american utopia it was like tour and then it was broadway and equal amount of shows Mm -hmm. i think is like we're very similar amount of shows is what i've done so um that was like one of the bigger differences
0: Mm -hmm. and are you still like going to be going on tour with we're about to go back on broadway nice
1: yeah yeah yeah. i mean we start rehearsals in a few weeks
0: that's awesome especially after what we all went through the last year and a half i mean i'm sure that heavily affected your life
1: Oh, without a doubt, I mean, I mean affected know.
0: my life a lot. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you're, if you're you're going around the world doing this stuff, it's
1: yeah. I mean, I just my calendar was like a gig. It was like eight shows a week. The rest of the year. I was like, for was, those
0: listening, there's only seven days in a week. So
1: <laughs> yeah, but so like I, had, I mean, David's show got out like the end of Fe- beginning of February. We finished middle of February, and so I, you know, Corona happens in March, and so. I went back to Moulin Rouge, which is where that was like the first Broadway show that was like my chair. And so I go back to there on there for 3 weeks and then you know, everything's done Shut and down. at that point um uh I was I was going to do that and then I was I was uh going to play with Carly Rae Jepsen who I've I've never played with her so that was going to be cool but like Coachella so I was looking forward to those things and then um you know, just done so. And at first, it's like two weeks off or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then you're kind of like, okay, I, can do I that. mean, I left my double bass at the theater. Yeah. And then it was like, okay, well, now it's going to be longer. And then I was like, I remember like a week, like two weeks into it, I'm like, wait, I should have taken that, though, right? <laughs> and then, uh, and then when I went and got it immediately because then it was, you know, I mean, we're here still. Yeah. Really. I mean, even when we go back now, it's going to be obviously things, Delta, question marks, et cetera. But, um, I mean, the rules, it's going to be interesting now looking at audience, and I think it'll be fun, though, so everyone come to the show. But it'll be weird looking at an audience that is like, you know, has a mask on the whole time. They have to. Yeah. So that's like.
0: Well, are they going to do full capacity, but fully vax and show your vaccination vax, card, yeah. masks, everything? Fully
1: vax and mask, yeah.
0: So only, I, it's the only we can do it because we can't go back to what we yeah, did. Yeah, it is the only way you it, can do it'll it. It'll destroy the economy even more. It'll destroy society even more. It'll pull us apart even further. The middle ground, I think, is masks, vaccination, and like respecting each other. You know, like what else can you do?
1: You you can hope that it doesn't morph again to something that is like (laughs) past the vax. That that's like my biggest worry.
0: I know. Me too. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. So you know. That's what I'm fearing right now. With like, I I bought a bunch of shows, like tickets to see shows over the fall, at the Aragon Ballroom, at the Metro, and now I'm getting all the emails saying, like, well, now you have to show vaccination, wear masks, and then I'm, like, thinking about, like, DZ Fest. I'm just like, oh, no. Yeah. Like, that's in September, and I'm like. That's p- in September. September 25th wow. and 26th. And oh just yeah, like, you're
1: thinking about in ways I am not at all.
0: Yeah, I'm like, so. I hope it
1: happens. I hope I'll go." I about. do, too.
0: I mean, this would have been the 10th year, and now it's the 9th, which is awesome, but I'm just kind of, like, so terrified. I'm yeah. Like, I can't. Cancel this again. Please don't do this to me. <laughs> yeah, 100%. But, I
1: hope it goes well.
0: Thank you. I, I do, too. I mean, you, you played two years, right? Or one year? I think I th- one time. 2017, I think. I think. Maybe. No, That was a really, really awesome performance. You played one of the years we had, like, one of the best turnouts. Blah, blah, I you, yeah, blah. I
1: mean, it's great time.
0: It was fun. And blah, blah,
1: blah, of course.
0: Yeah, they're sick. 100%. Solomon's awesome.
1: 100%. Yeah,
0: so and any other, like... um while you're doing broadway and, and doing david burn's bad are you playing with anybody else or the, those things are just so time consuming that that's all you're doing
1: i mean that was like uh yeah playing with people i do i'll do random uh one off spots with with whomever for sure um definitely though uh you know it was like all david Byrne shows and then corona happened so then in the interim of between tour and broadway starting which was like six months or whatever I went out to Los Angeles. And for me that's just like I love to be in the studio. So it's like writing and production work. And um yeah, I would do like random gigs, but not like in in a band and like doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh I haven't I guess it would have been I was gonna do all of Carly's like festivals. Um so that would have been cool. But uh yeah, I mean it's just kind of been playing wise, knocked the year off of Corona, but those last two years were like all David Byrne really. That's amazing.
0: Yeah. So, what have you been doing over Corona to like supplement work? Have you been just doing stuff at your studio with with people sending you things? Things like yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, producing for
1: several artists, like over over doing their like uh, uh, producing their projects, and then in entirety, and then um, various spots for others. A lot of like commercials has been like regular thing for me, and then um, and then I started. The history show, which yeah, like now that's like a welcome ingredient to like my regular, not just only doing music yeah type thing yeah. Can
0: you go more into that more detail about the the history show?
1: Yeah, um, so called America Learn Your History. Uh, I basically post George Floyd world um, out protesting and all that, and but I was I was also kind of like. I have a platform I could kind of do more is what I kind of thought. And as I'm taking in uh, information like everyone else and I'm looking in my phone really at this time, a bunch, and I'm just like, just opinion shouting at opinion. I, I don't like that. It's just like team red versus team blue. I hate that. Me too. Um, and, um, and, but I was also just kind of like, man, and no one even knows what they're talking about too. So I was like, it was the popular phrase of uh, of America, white America, being like we're listening and learning, and I was like bullshit. But I was also kind of like, I was like, um, I didn't even like the phrase because there's no action in that phrase. Mm-hmm. It's like a very passive. But so then I was like, fine, if you are, I, I was like, I'll, I was like, we'll see who's still listening and learning in like six months from now. And so I was like, I'll give. Two minute episodes of just facts only. Cause that's the other thing. All these opinions, I was like, nah. I'm. It's just gonna be facts. I'm like, this is how it went down. But now the only difference, when like history is just about narrative and like and like whose perspective, etc. And um and so I was like, I'm going to do facts. It's gonna be more like people that from not always the the one that did the oppressing perspective, the victor's perspective, um but the other way. And so and um and give voice to that. And so the it was very like made just like concrete rules of like two minutes facts only, blah, blah, blah. And then just did it. I worked with my friend, um, my my friend Danny Yurgo, who's a director I worked with. He kind of, at first I was just going to be, as I was telling him my idea, uh, just like narration with images over it. But he was like, no, they've got to like see you. They've got to attach to you and stuff. So I was like, fine. So he helped me on some of the, the creative direction and stuff. But it's like, um, you know, it's done... It, kind of I mean it did really well like immediately and that was great and and then I kind of saw the thing I kind of thought where it's like when it's not a trend you know people are still it's like less talked about people are not caring really mm-hmm. you know what I mean um, and so um, but at least like now for me though um, who always loves school his history definitely and um, particularly from like where I church I grew up in in Chicago my godfather Jeremiah Wright was very that was like Barack Obama's pastor who kind of oh um but he's very like uh I mean he's one of the most brilliant men people I know and uh he it's a very it's a very conscious about like black people's presence in America specifically and that's who he like talks for and speaks for etc and so like definitely helped shape my mind. All that to say shape my mind very, very young. And so now for me, as it's like always curious, but not spending the time to like read Fr- Franz Fanon, and not spending the time to read like all these, all these things. And so even for myself now, like I'm like digging into research papers and whatnot. And uh, it just adds so much for me personally, as I'm walking around the context in which I see Groups of people, individuals, et cetera, and just the layers and in and, and then for myself understand like how Chicago is the way it is and just a very specific redlined and like how but like why it went down, why it stays that way, why it's still that way, mm-hmm. and just infrastructure things. And I very like um I've always loved like macro perspective thoughts, I suppose. But so now it's like a whole it's a whole other thing when um I don't know, it's just like building depth to which I'm, I'm like myself and understand this stuff but it, the journey's like so long so long um, uh, so it's cool it's the same way, same way with music where I kind of oh yeah like I want to learn this technique and then this technique and then that technique now it's just like learning something I'm like oh then I got to read this next and then I got to read this next and it's just a whole other it, it's good it's
0: good so you've been learning so much and it's that's that's really cool that's what I love about a different Journey, different adventure from like your work or your hobby, like another yeah. endeavor that you learn from and you grow from. Hundred percent. How often do you do episodes? I try to do weekly. Weekly.
1: Yeah. Um. It's you know now now even life has started getting busier with music stuff. Um. So. Uh. But yeah, weekly is the goal. That's cool. And I want to do them right too. So it's, it's uh, I, most of the time is spent like reading and then and then the writing part. It's not really I do like the editing and everything, but that that's like less than just the
0: all the reading and then what do I want to say after mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. That's cool. And you, you started doing them in June 2020? Yeah. 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 Do you have any plans for that? You're just going to keep doing them every week and just keep keep at it and see what happens?
1: Yeah, growing it out now so um, going to convert into a newsletter and I'm taking it off there's some podcast things also on the horizon. So oh, cool. it's kinda like, yeah. Um also want to bring in now that I've been talking more, I want to make it uh, grow it grow it more where like other voices are heard too. And so as just a platform. And so some historians I'm also talking to about that. Which wow. is really cool. Yeah. Have it's crazy because ever- I'm not a historian at all. <laughs> so when they but tell me they learn stuff, one. that's crazy. You're turning into one. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I got so much. I like it. I like it. It's a very like beginner's mind thing. And mm-hmm. I think for me, that's like obsessed over one thing forever. Um, it's nice to like be a kid again and like dabble in something that I never like was like on oh, this thing of like hey, I'm I'm a musician. Right. And like I guess, you know, I was always like, but I'm a musician, though. So blah, blah, blah. Not seeing these other things. And so. That's been probably like one of the coolest things. I yeah, I wouldn't call historian, but I would you know yeah. amateur, amateur amateur
0: historian, I guess. So you you plan on doing like a, a show and having historians on it, maybe, um, or you don't <laughs> want to talk about give away too much. <laughs> no, no,
1: working out, but I think there'll be more than just my voice presenting episodes, and and people that also like represent other other groups and whatnot, and having it just be just be that where really it's like, I mean, a lot of this. Is kind, It's very critical race theory. Like I didn't. Again, I didn't even know critical race theory when I started this. But then the second I started reading, um, Derek Bell, and, and and I'm like, oh, the, my entire show is that. All it is is like you're looking through. You're looking through the way that the system operates and saying that race is involved in in every aspect, and it mm-hmm. really is, um, and gender too, and all that. And so um, that's kind of when. That's kind of just what my show is like that. So then for me, it's like I see it this one way, but I definitely don't see it as women see it, and I don't see it as like like you know any other other Middle East group sees it, and so things like that. And so all these experiences are different, and that's kind of what's been uh, I know my own, obviously, and like my family. I'm also Puerto Rican, so I was like those were those two worlds for me. Um, but when I'm now have read a lot on issues that don't pertain to me, like Asian American history, which I have found is way harder to research than black American history. It just, like, literally fine information. Um, But it adds so much then as I'm, like, out and just know, like, our story as America. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: uh, Yeah. That's awesome. I'm glad you're doing it because for some reason... Our history books are very skewed towards white men. Some <laughs> reason, for whatever reason, I don't <laughs> know why, but people of color, women, different ethnicities, different religions—if you're Muslim, if you're Jewish, if you're pretty much anything but a Christian white man—yeah, you're kind of they'll they'll mention a couple things, but it's not—it's kind of distorted when it is even kind of correct, and when it is correct, it's just a small amount. They don't show you the whole picture, and I don't. I don't even know how that gets approved by the board of education for states. Why that's allowed? Why it doesn't go further with these history books? Why we don't really learn a lot about it growing up? I mean, you got you see it today with politicians. It's just active opposition against
1: it, and yeah. then and then it can be how is it framed? If today it's critical race theory, and that's just a talking point, and we don't even um, people are arguing about it and not even knowing what it really is. Which is scary, really, and mm-hmm. just the way that we operate, but that to me is kind of like team a versus team team you know team A versus team b, and so um all that sucks to to your point about the textbooks I mean, Mississippi had a textbook that was like revised in like night it was written in nineteen ninety one around then. And, and it just told like, I mean, this is the state with the most lynchings in, in history. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just said that it said stuff like that. And they were like, they banned the book, even though it was like highly awarded on all these things. Um, but it's like, because it's un-American and then, and then you get to this weird, at least where I'm at when I think about some of these things right now is that like, I think about the idea of like, when you call somebody basic and it's very pop, it's common. Right. But maybe in like, Maybe we'll get to a point uh, where, when we look at basic, would you, all that really does is like other everything else. Basic is the generalized notion, and everything else is like oh different, and that's how we like really look at this world. There's like what basic is is white, white people really, <laughs> but um and so. And so, like anything with taste, I guess, would be that thing of basic outside of that, but really what you're doing is like, but that's different, and because they can do this or like they do it like that, and all these things are just they're taking what like the regular is standard, that's the standard, and everything else is different and and so then that like we're not, in my opinion, the mentality, the framework that we're looking at this all is still operating the same mm-hmm. um scary to me, yeah. No it is that's just common that's just common culture right there when you call somebody basic it's it's like yeah, but it's like a phrase so it's like it's just cool,
0: yeah i mean in the in the world of art and expression and music- and musicianship, that phrase tends to be thrown around a lot like because they people who are creative don't see themselves as being basic, they just always say it, and I'm just like I don't just like going after people's um political beliefs or religious beliefs. Like it doesn't help the situation if you're just going to be calling people basic or like like putting them into a box cuz they do the same thing to you. There's better ways of going yeah. about trying to understand somebody.
1: Surely. I just mean even like the standard that we look at yeah. is that and everything else is
0: that. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. That's tricky. That's a that's yeah. an interesting place to go. I'm glad you're doing it. I, I wish I wish more people did other things to help. Like, that's what inspired me to do this podcast. After meeting so many different people and so many different artists, I was like, I keep hearing like the coolest stories, but like, no one knows about these yeah, stories. Yeah, yeah. No one knows about these people. That's why I, I like to talk to people and try to have a platform for others to listen to unique stories, such as what you're saying right now, even your touring experience or your Broadway experience. The fact that you made the decision, you know, probably during college. You're like, you know, I'm, I have to go to L.A. or Chicago or New York after this. Maybe do some grunt work in Chicago, get my bearings good, and then leave. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not everyone does that. Most people don't do that. It's very hard to do. And I commend you on doing that because you ended up doing really awesome things with it. And you still are, you know. And this History Channel thing is really cool. And Thank you, thank I, you. Yeah. I hope you keep, I mean, I know you'll keep doing it.
1: Yeah, and, no plans
0: in stopping. Until, <laughs> yeah. until
1: it's better out there when it's all... So it's all equal. Cool. Yeah, I got no plans of stopping
0: for sure. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. Um, is there anything you want to share or promote? Any, anything at all while, before we end? Um,
1: I think we did everything. It's called America Learn Your History. I'll be back Broadway. I'm pro- uh, A couple artist projects I'm doing is Tate Tucker. That'll be out soon. Great hip-hop artist young in, uh, in LA. Um, who else? Doing some stuff with Titus Burgess. Um, the Avantist. Nice. Um, their next project, which is sounding great. That's cool. Uh, yeah, very. That's cool. We did that. We That was like a recording we did like right before Corona happened out here. They, they came out okay. and we worked in the studio not too far from here. Um, who else? Who else? Who else? Oh, and Russell Elliott doing his whole project. So yeah, be on the
0: lookout for that music too. Is there a certain website people can find more of your information? Just... Instagram, um, Facebook. I mean,
1: I'll, I'll promote it on my own. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, but like, so just find you on Instagram. Yeah, you know, just producing for them. So, yeah. find Bobby Wooten on Instagram. <laughs> cool. Um, well, thank you, Bobby, for coming yeah, here and no for problem. doing this. It's great no to problem, see you man. again. Yeah, pleasure. I'm, I'm it's really great. happy for you and everything you do. I, I always just love it when people I have met or see just are doing the thing, whatever it is. They're happy. They're doing it. They're, they're propagating positive feelings and vibes into the the ether you do so thank you thank you, thank you. Right. take it